This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pipus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Housework is out this week. I'm sure you know he's on a boat. I know. You know I, he's I on I told his him boat. he needs to put wheels on that thing because every time we have a storm, he's headed down there to take you, it somewhere. You know they make those. I know. I just want to say. He okay. just needs a duck boat. Well, you know, hiring a contractor can be really a big deal anytime, anytime. We have people call the show all the time asking about how to hire a contractor. Well, it gets crazy right now. You know, the storm today, we uh, are going to welcome to the show the Mississippi Insurance Department's Consumer Service Deputy Director, Ryan Blakely. Uh, to talk about protecting yourself when hiring a contractor. I'm going to brutalize his name through the hour, so we'll we'll just call him Ryan by the time he gets here. But anyway, um, and, and you know, this time of need, there's a lot of people with a lot of damage around uh, the coastal areas and even up through Mississippi that are going to need help. And if you want that, you can join the conversation this morning by calling us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So, I'm assuming you had a big weekend, Pam. My goodness, having to tie everything down. and I've been to your house. That's a lot to tie there's down. There's a lot to tie. And, and then the hangy downies. You know, I there's got all so kinds many, of hangy downies. Uh, there are so many my... available projectiles at her house. Yes. Yeah. So. Including the pets. So, right. we had, <laughs> so she had those strapped down. To I the had car. them strapped down. Right. Well, you know, we just didn't know what it was going to do here. So I spent two days uh-huh. taking care of the pond. Yep. Taking care of the house. And then I had to make sure that I had the leashes in the closet. Mm-hmm. You know, so when the alarm goes off in the middle right. of the night, you can grab the dogs. And I just don't worry about those cats. They can figure it out. Right. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. They'll no, find something to eat. Yeah. So it, it took a minute to try to get it all, you know, turn over. But I, te- I hate Jeff's not here because I was going to tell him. So, you know, when you do stuff like that, then y- you see things. <laughs> I'm taking down stuff on my front porch and I was uh-huh. like, you know, it's kind of nasty out here. So I, you started cleaning, didn't you? I got out the power washer. I knew you did. <laughs> I knew you would. I'm all power wash the side of the house and the and now it's ready to paint. Right, right. So you know now we've got. You this, made yourself a project because there was a hurricane. Because there was a hurricane, right. I think everybody should power wash their front porch right before the hurricane hits. <laughs> so I got it all clean and I'm going to try to um, you know get get that taken care of. And then I had some friends drive into town and let me tell you how convenient it is to have friends come to town after a hurricane. Right. They can pick up all the stuff in the yard. Ooh, that is good. I handed them a wagon and a couple of gloves, and they went to town, and I was like, this is awesome. You want a place to sleep and somewhere to shower? Get some sticks. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, they got the yard cleaned up. We're going to head down to the pond tomorrow and Mm -hmm. pick up all the sticks down there and burn those all up. So Yours is a much happier experience than mine. (laughs) Okay. This this Uh story starts. The hurricane (laughs) starts for me in May. Believe it or not. Okay, this is crazy. I have a generator. The generator was on the fritz. I got the actual motor of the generator working, right? But it wasn't cranking out any power. This is uh, in May. This I just is in read May. something about this. I'm so excited. So I took I took the generator to uh, a, a a local mechanic 
to fix, a small engine repair person. Uh, kept calling them. I hadn't heard back from them since May, and I've called them. They've called me and said, no, we're waiting on the parts because of all that stuff with the pandemic. You know? Anyway, they call me two days before the pandemic, or before the hurricane and say, you know what? This is just not going to fix. We're oh. sorry. Oh, that's so sad. And I'm like, man, there's not a generator in 500 miles right now. <laughs> I can't buy a generator, you know. So anyway, uh, I spent Saturday kind of scouring the world for a way to provide power to my family if it, if it, if we lost power. So I ended up going to, it's going to sound crazy, an auto zone and found as, as big an inverter as I can find. And what an inverter is, folks, is a thing where uh, it's, it, it's you, you hook it to a battery, like your car battery, and it gives you a few outlets that you can use. And you can plug in several things. That's an awesome idea. So what I did, so what I did was I went home. I don't have my generator, so I parked my wife's car as close as I could to the house. Uh, I hooked up the inverter and basically made my wife's Nissan into a giant generator for the house. So when we did lose power for a little while, I was able to hook up. You know, uh, we we keep a small uh, window unit in the house just for this. So we were able to fire up the window unit, throw on some lights, put on the Internet, we're ready to rock. Did you yeah. get your – what about a refrigerator? Uh, no, we knew that if I, I had a plan, the inverter was not enough to carry the uh, refrigerator. So we thought, okay, we're going to play in the day, keep the refrigerator closed at night. We'll crank on – we'll put all the power to the refrigerator while we're sleeping. So that was the plan. Never had to enact it. But I spent all day Saturday trying to figure trying to figure out how do I get power when – when with no generator access so so but anyway there's an idea for you inverters uh you have to come up with your own power source such as the 12 volt battery on your car so all you have to do raise the car hood hook hook the battery uh to the inverter which it has little clamps that you do that and away we go you got power how much was the inverter 100 bucks oh that's awesome that's a lot cheaper than a generator oh yeah oh yeah and on that day (laughs) generators were any price anyone wanted Uh, to charge yeah yeah they they were problem well have you seen the thing about if your if your generator isn't putting out power that it's lost its charge have you ever heard that no but i'm going to be angry if you tell me but go ahead well i I was reading an article you know because everybody was looking at all this stuff and Mm -hmm. the guy said it it lost the charge and so what he did is he hooked his power drill up to it and ran it in reverse i heard about this i have heard about this it charged the generator so it's started putting out power again now don't ask me what that means but i think that's awesome well see and that see that's a little that's a little spooky um to me i know that i know that it sounds like but i'm messing with electricity in a way and i'm and i'm turning this motor backwards in a way that it wasn't intended to spin i've heard about this it scares me yeah yeah it it scares me like back feeding your electricity with with a generator well, yeah, and I'm not going to do that. But I had an experience with electricity, so I bought this electric Polaris Ranger. Well, it's mm-hmm. not a Ranger, it's a gym, which is an ATV vehicle that we use down at the pond. And I like electric because it doesn't have that loud motor sound. Right, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't charge. Wouldn't charge, wouldn't charge, wouldn't charge. So I take it back to the place where I bought it. And I said, it's not charging. Well, two weeks later, they still hadn't looked at it. And I'm like, please. Right, right. Please. Just plug it in. Just, I mean, right. And sure enough, it was the cord. And then they tell me. Now, I've had the thing three months, and they say, well, you could just use an extension cord. Really? That's okay. what I said. Really? Uh, well. 
would have been nice so to have been given that. you could have spent 15 bucks and been done? <laughs> yes. All right. Cool. Yeah, I was not happy. <laughs> All right. Um, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. Oh, oh, oh. I do have a uh, quick email that I wanted to run by you real quick. All right. Okie dokie. All right. As an inspector, this one's going to be right in oh, your wheelhouse. As an, as an inspector, right. there's an inspector in the house. You got a house that's five years old. I have a few junction boxes in the attic where wires are spliced, some with insulation covering them, blown in fiberglass. Is this a concern? Should I be checking these for heat buildup? A few cross, a few in the crawl space also. So they're saying that they've got junction boxes that aren't covered and the wires are exposed. No, they're they they have uh, they have no exposed wires. All the splices are in the junction boxes. He's worried because they blew the insulation on top of the boxes. He's worried about heat. No, they should be fine. That's why they have closed junction boxes so you can do stuff like that. Okay, well that fixes that. Yeah, next. That was easy. It's <laughs> almost angering. That should have lasted it. longer than I that. I know. I could have. Right, no, you know that's fine. That's right. what they're designed for. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for us to take our first break of the hour. When we return, we're going to talk about the uh, talk with the Mississippi Insurance Department and their division of consumer services. We need this today with all the hurricane damage. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson. President of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pipus, ASHE certified inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. Licensed contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks is playing on his boat. He's on the boat. I like to say playing on his boat because I'm sure it infuriates him as he's trying. <laughs> as he's trying to keep it afloat. Wonder you know what I will say? <laughs> you know what I will say? When you get a boat, that's what you do then. That's what you do. Yeah. You do the boat. You do the boat, right. Mm-hmm. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Had a caller during the break that was talking about the inverter that I mentioned. And and one of the things that I didn't mention that you're right, I do need to. If you hook an inverter up to your battery in your car and you wait about 30 minutes, your battery's dead. You need to keep, the car has to be on for a certain amount of time to charge the battery you can then turn the car off and just run off of battery if you'd like but uh depending on how much you've got plugged into the inverter it will run that battery down quickly will the inverter so. tell you how much charge the battery has oh yeah it so says on there it can... says how many volts is pushing through there and it says how much is left on the battery and when i took the clamps off get this the little thing had a beep in it so when the battery started getting low on the car side the inverter beeped at me to tell me, 
crank the car back up so that we don't lose battery. Yeah, it was just telling you it needed a little help. Right, right. And so, yeah. It, 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 That's it was, awesome. It's a worthwhile purchase. Yeah. Anyway, number to call is 877-MPB-RING. We have a fabulous guest on today. I'm loving this. Um, it is uh, Mississippi Insurance Department Consumer Services Deputy Director. Man, I hope you got a big old business, business card. card. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's a big Ryan, title right there. Ryan Blakeney. How are you, sir? Doing well, sir. Thanks so, for having me on. Yes, sir. Say your last name for me one time so I continue to, so I won't butcher it the rest of the hour. Blakeney. Blakeney. Okay, good. Got that right. All right. Uh, so is it, is this a big day for you, Ryan? Have you been, uh, did you hit the ground running this morning? We have. We've been uh, doing well up here. You know, the Hurricane Ida came through and devastated Louisiana and really lucked out in Mississippi. We did have some 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 rain uh, flooding issues, but really, you know, a blessing for Mississippi to get out like we did on this one. But horrible deal for Louisiana. We've been working closely with the Louisiana Department of Insurance and other agencies in the state trying to offer any services that we can. And it's been a busy week so far, and I expect it to keep getting busier. Right. We mentioned a little bit earlier, I was looking at some aerial photos, and, and, and obviously not as much damage as Katrina, although I don't want to, to put that out there that this was anything less. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, there wasn't total obliviation. Uh, uh, you know, not you didn't Mississippi. Blow away towns. Right. You know. In Louisiana, it did. <laughs> when Katrina came through, there used to be a Waveland. There used so to be that, a Waveland. You know, that's there how it works. No, I went down after that, and right. there was no Waveland. So, so here's the deal. Uh, but we do still have damage, a lot of damage. Uh, uh, to homes, I saw a lot of roofs, uh, a lot of roof problems, and typically um, that brings uh, people to the state to help uh, and or to offer their contracting services, yeah, or to get services. rich, yeah, or to get rich right? <laughs> uh, which is why we have you here today. We really want to talk about that. We know that after storms, uh, people hit the streets with their clipboards looking for the business, going house to house sometimes, depending on the, the neighborhood. Um, what are we, what, what is it that we need to start looking for? And, uh, is there a proper order into dealing with your, uh, issue with your home? Let's say I've got roof damage. What, uh, what would you say is the proper order in which to deal with that? Well, first and foremost, you're going to have to, the best thing you can do after a storm is to have your agent's number, know who your insurance carrier is, have their number, um, Make some list of things that you have to, you know, first and foremost, you need to take care of uh, your policy number. File the claim with them. Get it started. After you file the claim and the process begins, uh, the adjusters come out. They make their assumptions of what the roof damage would be. And let's say it is a covered loss. Then it's time to get a licensed contractor. And I want to underscore licensed. That's critically important here when someone is having repairs done. Um you know, when you have the contractor come out, they need to give you an estimate. That estimate needs to be broken down for you. It does not need to say uh, repair for Ryan Blakeney roof is $20,000, and that be the end of it. That's just not going to cut it. Uh, it, it, it so do, a breakdown it, for materials and labor and, you know, Exactly. That. And what that does, it just it, it makes sure that what you're, what you're submitting is for a valid estimate. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, contractors, obviously, you know, they're, they're not doing it for the good in their heart. They are there to make money. But, um, you know, on materials, it is good to see a materials price because those are things that, you know, are hard costs for them. Right. 
Um, and one thing we have to keep in mind, too, is that it's more expensive now to take care of that than it was two years ago. Why is that? Pandemic. Pandemic prices on material. Right. Like, like right. Prices are crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah. And probably for like OSB, your decking right. to try to get that in. Shingles are probably higher. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you just don't. There's going to be a sticker shock. But if you've got an insurance, then you've got a deductible. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So you're. And another thing, Ryan, what's your thoughts on, especially if it's a roof, trying to get somebody up there to put a tarp in so that you don't have you know internal damage right yeah that's great that's a great point uh you know in your insurance contract there is a duty of the insurer to mitigate against any further damages so if a storm does come through and you have a limb through your roof you need to get someone up there to get that roof get the limb out off your roof and get a tarp put over it so that way no more water enters your home okay so in saying that all right, let's start with our first problem. I've got a, a hole in my roof, and I need to get the tree limb out of it and put a tarp on it. Uh, now, now, I, I'm not just going to put the guy on, uh, down the street on my roof. Um, as far, In other words, that's a liability getting on the roof itself after a storm with wet shingles, with a tree, possibly down. You know, in other words, should I call someone... Uh, experience to remove that tree and absolutely because in other words a diyer on top of a roof don't after a it. storm no no yeah don't get I up there probably highly recommend against that um yes find you a local licensed contractor <clears throat> most of the contractors that can pull the that can put a tarp on your roof are going to be probably in the business of roofing right therefore can finish the job once the once the insurance comes out and makes the assumption that it is a covered loss Okay. And, you know, let me let me mention this, too. You know, mm-hmm. what we do, unfortunately, when it comes to our homes, sometimes we're reactive instead of proactive. Uh-huh. So, you know, we wait until something happens and we're having an emergency and then we pull our hair out because we can't get the right people. Why not? And, of course, this is kind of my tack is I have a list of people. Right. Well, <laughs> so I know before the storm hits right. who I'm going to. Contact, And I'm also going to lean heavily on my insurance company because they will probably have a list of people that they know that are going around and doing this type of right. thing as well. Well, I will say, and, and I agree with you, Pam, and that is awesome. But I believe most people live in what I call the furniture store policy, which is you only hear advertisements for furniture when you need furniture. Exactly. So so you only think about your insurance when you need insurance. That's so. why we have this right, show, right, to make you prep. think differently. That's true. <laughs> well, Ryan, I have a question for you. Okay, so so let's say a couple of folks show up at my house and they see that I'm in distress and need help, and, and I, I really want that help, and I want uh, them to help me. How... Uh, when, when they show up and I want to make sure that this person is licensed, how do I do that? What do I look for? What's the proof? Is there a is there a card or is there a what, what am I doing? Yes, they can have a card, but uh, so that, there's two different issues you got to work with there. The licensure issues are going to be to the Mississippi State Board of Contractors mm-hmm. and call them and verify that individual is licensed with the state to do the work in right. the state of Mississippi. By the way, hang on just a second, Ryan. We'd like to clarify those things. You can find that website also, msboc.us. M-S, like Mississippi State, B-O-C, Board of Contractors, dot U-S. All right, go ahead, Ryan. And then secondly, for the insurance, they will have an insurance card, just like we do, that shows they are covered with ABC Insurance Company, and there's that there's that coverage there. So that will 
you know, two issues you need to do first, the Mississippi State Board of Contracts for the licensure in the state, and then the second issue is do they have the general liability coverage to cover to work on your home. Right. So, okay, so if they're at my home, we're in a des- disaster situation, lots going on, and the guy says, I'm sorry, it's in my other truck. <laughs> what do I do, Ryan? Uh, you might want to tell him that, you know, typically if you tell somebody, hey, listen, if you can't show me proof of insurance, I'm going to go somewhere else. There's one or two things going to happen. They're going to get in a very big hurry to go get that insurance card out of their other truck. Right. <laughs> They're not going to come back. Okay. Okay, gotcha. I would push to see the coverage. I mean, it, it protects your home and, you know, protects you against something happening there. So that, that's important to do. Right. Like I said, folks, if, if, if somebody hops up on your roof and then they fall off of your roof, that's on you. Yep. Yeah, unless you've got insurance, we have to, in, inspectors have to carry it for right. that very reason. Right. Um, so so let me ask, um, the, the scams maybe that are out there, we know they're out there, and we also know there's some inscrutable contractors out there, uh, especially those that we don't know. Uh, the ones in Mississippi, in the state, we can check on. You know, we can tell, we can see their records, we know if they're there, we know, we know if they're registered, if they have insurance, we know all that stuff because we can look it up. But let's say somebody comes in from a, another state uh, and we don't know them, but we desperately need help. Is there a way that we can look into this person's credentials, Ryan? Absolutely. You can call that state where that individual is stating that they are from and verify that just like you can in Mississippi. Really? Cool. Okay. Well, yes, sir. And just to speak on the scam side of things, our office, the Mississippi Insurance Department, works very, very closely with the Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. And we have very few reports of fraudulent contractors. In oh, good. I mean, they're, again, you're always going to have the bad apples in the group. Right. But, you know, proud of Mississippi for standing out in that area, not mm-hmm. being last for once. <laughs> right. You know, and showing that our contractors typically do a wonderful job and the fraudulent uh, claims are very, very slow. Right. Yeah. And it, and like I said, uh, it's it's you know, if you're being dishonest locally, we can see you. But it's it's mainly the folks from the outside coming in during disaster that I tend to worry about more. Sure. But, uh, you know, because I'm not sure. And even if they show me credentials, I don't know if that's what they look like. Right. You know, in that state. Well, and it's so nice now because you can look at credentials digitally. So you don't yep. have to have a piece of paper. And a lot of times whenever, like I'll ask somebody for their credentials and they'll email them to me. Mm-hmm. So depending on if you've got your inverter and you've got power, that'll right. work. <laughs> if you don't have power, that'll that's not Ryan, so how did you do for the hurricane? Or did you did, did you get lucky and get stuck in the in the, in the MEMA headquarters, which is a bunker? I, I was home. Um, I got up about 4 o'clock that morning and heard the wind howl, and we came in pretty early to the office. So, uh-huh. we, again, we were very fortunate. We did not lose power. Uh, Rankin County was fortunate enough not to get that. However, uh, did get a little wind, but no damage. Okay, hey, Ron, would you – I got a question. With going back to scams, when to give us an example of a scam job. Well, here's, a, here's an example. Let's say a contractor comes to your house. You say, yes, I want you to do the work. And your insurance carrier has issued payment. Mm-hmm. They could come in, and you could pay that contractor what they needed up front to get the work done. Right. And they could take off and not come back. So, in other words, uh, you need to pay me for the materials, so therefore you pay them for the materials, and then you never see them again. That's true. And, then, you know, it's always important to remember when you have these uh, a, a, a contractor that has a reputable 
business, they know how insurance works. Right. They have they have the knowledge to say, okay, I know that this guy does not have this consumer does not have ten thousand dollars. I have an account set up at a local uh, hardware store, a lumber shop, and I'm going to go and purchase this material for them until the money is released by the lien holder. And that's you know that that's that's typically how that works. When somebody wants half the money up front, that may be a red flag. Okay, good information. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, very good information. Is there a certain amount that they can ask for up front that is not a red flag, Ryan? Uh, traditionally, I mean, you, they may ask for 10 to 20% to maybe to get the ball rolling if they are just a small shop. Right. Uh, but these, these larger contractors in the local area, I won't name them specifically, but right. a lot of them have large accounts to where they can go and do a job and sustain 30 days without payment and be just fine. We may know one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, it's funny, uh, insurance and casinos, it's, it's the same business. The house always wins. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it's true. But, um, uh, but have you, are we in a state, when we have these emergency situations like this, Ryan, uh, do consumers need to need to advocate for themselves? This is something I've always been uh, curious for. I know insurance companies want to do the best job for their clients, but also, you know, just simple economics tells you they don't want to pay the most money. Is there a way that 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 consumers need to lobby their insurance folks when they're doing this? Sure. I mean. Uh to, to address the fact of the cost, uh, some carriers will say get two or three quotes if one is higher than the other. Um, you know, but if you have a reputable contractor that's three thousand dollars higher than uh, one that is not that does not have the reputation of this one, and it's just a simple math issue, they just need to show you where the differences are, how they justify that, and then send it to the carrier. And most nine out of ten times, they're going to approve it. You're talking about the the, the uh, insurance company is going to say yes. We think that's okay. Yeah, the higher bid is the better Absolutely. bid. Absolutely, unless they're wanting to put you know upgrades, which we can get into in a second. Right. That are just not applicable to a Mississippi home. Um, you know, there's there's <laughs> yeah. different there's different issues that we I can get off in a, a hole on that. But we won't go there, but right. it's just important that you you check with your contractors, make sure the contract the estimate is valid, and again, if you have trouble. Call mm-hmm. the insurance department. We're here to help. Uh, 1-800-562-2957. Uh, we, we'll, that's all we do. Hey, say that again, Ryan. 1-800-562-2957. It's a, it's a, uh, that's going to be a big thing that you say today. I have a feeling you'll get a few calls. <laughs> you might get a few calls. Um, and let me make a suggestion, kind of a follow-up to what Ron's saying. Something you can consider doing is have a third-party inspector come in to make sure everything is okay before you do that last payment. And, I, for example, I had some friends in one of our older neighborhoods who had a house fire, mm. and they really got taken advantage of by the contractor. And I went in as a friend to look at some of the work after they would paid the final bill. Right. And they had, were supposed to pull out knob and tube wiring in the attic, which had caused the fire in the first place. Right. And I got up in the attic, and that it was stuff, still there? it was still there. Well, and to, and to expand on that point, uh, workmanship, poor workmanship is not covered under your insurance contract. Oh, wow. So they come in and high nail a shingle and a 50-mile-an-hour wind comes through and blow your shingles off, and they come back and see that this was a poor work job, insurance is not going to cover that. And it goes back on the contractor, you know, 
on the old saying goes, you can't get blood. Man, that makes me want to hide under the table. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't know, you know, the person on your roof, well, whether they know their job or not. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, inspectors, we don't have a dog in the fight. Okay, right. so we're just going to go and look at if it's done correctly or not. That's a good point. Hey, uh, Ryan, before we go to Charles and Jackson, I do have a question for you. Um, I guess I really would like to get into the question of flood insurance. I know you're like, oh, man. <laughs> um, um, is that still – you can still get flood insurance anywhere in Mississippi? Um, yes, you can. Now, it's important to know that when you talk flood, that is through the National Flood Insurance Program. That is a federal program right? Uh, that's, that's covered in Mississippi. Then you do have certain carriers. We have one carrier on the coast that actually will write a homeowner's policy with a flood endorsement that's added. So basically, you have to have the homeowner's coverage to get the flood. Uh, yes, but when you're talking about getting flood insurance, you can get it anywhere, just depending on where you are. The prices will definitely vary. Right, right yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what? Speaking to that, uh, by the way, my neighborhood, which which was never a flood zone, turned to a flood zone a few years ago. And uh, several of our, uh, myself and several of our neighbors, we hired a an engineer to come out and and find where we were it desperate it, it very much changed what we were paying every year for flood insurance for flood so insurance. if you get a survey it makes a whole lot of difference yes so, it does yeah. uh and if you recall back i can't remember what year that was it was the uh biggers watered act when yeah. they tried to pass that and and the flood insurance rates in specifically mississippi were going to be skyrocketing and unaffordable. Commissioner <laughs> yeah. Cheney actually sued the federal government and stopped that. Uh, since that time, we've got a new program that's coming into effect. It's called Risk Rating 2.0. That mm-hmm. is through the through FEMA, National Flood Insurance Program, to where they're going to come in and get these rates actuarially sound. Oh, uh, cool. So get, yeah, a, get a standard on them. They're going to come in. They're going to fix where the issues were for those who were paying too much and maybe those who were paying too little. And it's not going to be a you know a smack in the face rate increase. It's going to be over time, and it's it's going to be incremental, but it, it's coming. Yeah, because we went from I know we went from zero to fourteen hundred in a day. Whoa! Yeah, so yeah. it was it was it was that's why we called somebody else to help. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, hang on just a second, Ryan. Charles is on the line in Jackson. He's got a, a tip on working with a contractor. How's it going, Charles? I'm okay. What about you this morning? We're doing great. Tell us your big tip about a contractor. Well, well, let me share this one with you. I'm a real estate broker. Oh, and I have a friend that's a, that's a contractor. He's mm-hmm. a licensed con- contractor. And at times, he's go behind other contractors that come through to provide services to a, 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 uh, a consumer. Mm-hmm. And they are really, on the pricing, they're really going crazy. I mean, they be cooling some crazy prices. Uh, also... <clears throat> Sometimes when they, you need them to come back to do warranty work, mm-hmm. you have problems problem getting that done. So the only thing that I, that I wish to say is that because a, a company is licensed through the Board of Contractors, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean when they come out that they're looking, that they have your best interest at heart. Uh, just recently, I was talking with a guy that's a, contra- that's a, a licensed contractor, and he got a call on some air conditioning work. Mm-hmm. He came to the house, and whomever the guy that had come there before it had disconnected the wiring on the on the, the air conditioning unit right. and had told the homeowner that the unit unit was bad and they needed to replace it. Man. So what, what he did he just wired it back up and right. and the unit works 
So well, let me, Charles. Let me and let me say this, Charles. Uh, is that you're right? There's a uh, there are some unscrupulous contractors out there. I will say this though, is that if they are licensed, uh, we can go get them. Yes, is, 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 the there issue is, is if they're actually licensed, those are easy to fix mm-hmm. because we can find them, we can chase them down, and we can we can we can. Uh, there's a process msboc.us. If you go on there, there's a way that you can file a complaint against a contractor. Right, right. We and, used to do work on that, doing investigations on that. Right, and 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 Ryan, do you see? Are you still there for me, Ryan? Yes, sir. I'm here. Do you see any more fraud going on during these times during hurricane than you might normally see through insurance and construction? Absolutely. You're going to have um, you're going to have people coming in from all ends of the state, out of the state, um, doctoring up false contra- uh, false licenses, false insurance contracts, and, and attempting to get the jobs when they're not qualified to do so. So again, back to my original comment when we started the show, mm-hmm. need to verify with the Mississippi Board of Contractors that this individual is licensed. And to kind of expand on what Charles was saying just a second ago, you know, <clears throat> roofers, for the most part, are great people. Yeah. Like I said, you've got your bad apples in the group, but roofers are there to replace roofs. <laughs> right. When you come, when you have a claim and you call an, a roofer out, that's why I say before, especially before you file the claim, call your roof, call two or three roofers and see what each of them say about the damage. You may have one that come in and say, "I absolutely have damage, and you know it needs full roof replacement." You may have another one come in and say, "Look, you've got one slope that's got pretty bad damage. I don't know if it's a valid claim for an insurance. You might want to check with somebody else and just." Just do your, do your due diligence before you file that claim. It's important to note that once you file a claim with an insurance company, you cannot recant that. Really? Yeah, no. you can't unclaim. You can't unclaim a claim. I did not know that. Why, why is that, Ryan? I've never heard that. Well, the claim process is, is, is time-consuming. It does cost money. Uh, I know everybody says, well, I'll pay a premium. Well, that's fine. They also they have to send out the adjuster. They have to set the claim up. They have to send out the letters for everybody to look at and approve, and it's just the process itself is what is so intensive for the carrier. So, again, I, I really encourage everyone that's listening, if you think you have roof damage, grab you a good roofer, get one or two of them to confirm that, indeed, you do have damage before you file the claim. Okay. That's that's fantastic uh, to, to know. I, I wanted to ask you another question here. We've got an email, and I wanted you to throw in your, uh, your two cents. P.S. Pam, this one's again right down your alley because you got to make something up to fix this. All right, here we go. Ryan, uh, hi. Hoping someone can help. I have a pickup truck with a spray in bed liner. Uh, I placed a small outdoor table on the bed liner, possibly made in, with concrete, so heavy. After being in the truck a day, the tabletop is stuck. Uh, it can't budge. Could the heat have caused this? I think what's going on is that it got so hot that bread that bed liner got mushy and that concrete smushed up in there. Smushed up in there. So I'm thinking, all right, here's Jason's Jason's fix. Okay. All right. We need a bag of ice and we need to pour it all around that table bottom so that we can basically harden that uh rubber and bring it up the ta- bring up the table. I'm gonna drive down to the uh uh, Rick's pro truck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, get him to saw it off. What yeah, are you doing? I'm gonna say this happen. What do I do? Right. Yeah. All right, <laughs> Ryan, you're shot at it. Uh, yeah, put the ice on it. 
Put the ice on it, right? Yeah, you got to. Yeah, that's not my look. Again, as long as you have full coverage, uh, <laughs> take it and let them let them get going with it. <laughs> uh, Ryan, that is awesome. I really appreciate it. Are there any like kind of final words you want to leave us with as far as? Uh, well, I mean, not that you have to go right now, but is there is there something that I've not asked here that you think, oh boy, people really need to know this? Um, I, I think we've covered all the bases, really. Uh, I think we have touched around this for a second, and I'll just be very brief. Mm-hmm. Um, IBHS is the Institute for Building and Home Safety. IBHS. That's correct. They have a facility in South Carolina. If you if you can ever get the time to go up there, or I, I don't know if you'd have to be invited to go, but I've had the opportunity to go up there and see this, and they build homes inside this huge warehouse. They pummel these homes with hail, wind, fire, catch them on fire. Uh, you know, the winds can get up to a Cat 5 hurricane. Oh, my gosh. It, That's awesome. Very, very How have you not cold. done this, Pam? I know. We're, I'm going. Pam's booking yeah. a vacation <laughs> now. I think y'all, this is a bucket list for you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, anyway, what I'm getting at is they're, they're funded by insurers, okay? Uh-huh. The companies fund these things, and they have developed a program, the Fortified Roof Program. Fortified and Roof. That's right, Fortified Roof Program. And if you can do it to a bronze level, rebuild your roof. Let's say you come in and you have a storm that takes your roof off and you've got to put another roof on. If you put the bronze level Fortified Program on there, it's about $2,000. Uh-huh. However, in Mississippi, we have some regulations that require insurers to offer discounts that can vary from anywhere between 10 to up to all the way to 20% on your premium. Uh-huh. So what they do is they come in, they put your decking on, and they put this thick tape over that decking. Uh-huh. In the event that your shingles come off, it prevents water from getting into your home. Um, Neato. Yeah, the, the water is the major loss issues here when we have right. roof damage. So, um, How does the tape hold up with a tree? Well, not well. <laughs> At Just that point, wondering. you're probably in trouble. But uh, a perfect example, the Fortify, I think it was the gold standard, was that one home in Mexico Beach mm-hmm. that stood strong. If you could pull that up on the Internet, if anybody's listening, it would will, it will blow you away. When no, that, it, that hurricane that came through Mexico Beach that wiped out everything? Everything but the one home standing was a gold standard fortified home. No wow. way. That's amazing. Wow. Okay, so everybody go look at that now. Yeah. Right. Ryan, that's amazing. Hey, do you want to help us answer some more questions? Sure. All right, let's keep going. Um, <laughs> we may we may be uh, batting below your league on some of these here, Ryan, but uh, <laughs> give it a whirl anyway. Uh, okay, this one is fun. Uh, folks, I have a relative who loves soap bath bombs and soft-barreled hand, uh, uh, handmade soaps in the bath. Consequently, both of the tubs are somehow coated and streaked with these products. Oh, yeah, yeah. What is the best way to attack the coated surface? I've tried OxyClean and similar abrasive-type cleaners. Do I need a special attachment to my drill? What's going on? Brillo any, pad. Any thought? Brillo pad? Yeah, the thinnest, uh, tiniest Brillo pad. I, had a, I got a plumber buddy, and I had the same situation because I like fancy soap. And I was like, this is driving me crazy. I can't get it because I'm a clean freak. Too. Right. And he said, yeah. And I use it, and it works fine. What kind of tub is it? Is it porcelain? Is it steel? Yeah, well, what is I've it? Got a, well, I've got a cast iron tub, but I've also got a tile shower. Right. So it cleans them both. And it'll See, clean the scum bathroom. 
off the uh, off your um, fixtures. So a Brillo pad. Yeah, but don't get a really rough, rough one. You get rough, rough. Don't rough, get rough. a rough, rough one. <laughs> don't, yeah, you get right. a, this is the smaller one, and I actually get the ones with the little bit of soap in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, yeah, you can just okay. buy, them at, buy them at the grocery store. Ryan, thoughts? I'm going to defer to Commissioner Cheney on that. Y'all can follow him on an email. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, of course, with the pressure washer again. It's yeah. a bathroom and water's allowed. So, yeah. All right. Of course you are. Right, right. Number to call is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Time for another break. When we come back, uh, Ryan will be with us, joining us today again with the Mississippi Insurance Department. And you can visit their website at MID. Dot ms.gov. Again, that's mid.ms.gov. When we return, we'll answer some more of your home improvement questions. We'll be right back. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, uh, on the line still, uh, if, you, uh, if you've not been listening this morning uh, up to this point, Ryan Blakeney from the Mississippi Insurance Department Ca- Consumer Services Deputy Director. The reason why that's fun this morning is that we've got some damage in the state from Hurricane Ida and uh, David's on the line in Biloxi has an insurance question and I think I know where he's going but David are you with us yes I am all right Ryan you better be listening this was an insurance question all right hey David how are you? I'm doing great how about yourself doing well thank you uh, I just wanted to kind of bring up the issue of contractors who have like an assignment of benefits clause in their contract and kind of the pros and the cons of that, if y'all can explain that to the audience. And I will listen. I will hang up and listen to y'all's answer. Thank you. Well, good question, David. The assignment of benefits issue has been a major problem uh, in Florida. Uh, You see a lot of lawsuits coming from that. We don't see much of it here in Mississippi. Um, But... Basically, what it does is it just it's where the insurer will pay directly to the contractor and skip the insured. That's uh, yeah, when we were uh, speaking about this before we went on the air. I, I mentioned that that might be the case. I've not been personally in a situation where they sent me the check. It did, or at least I forwarded it on to the contract. I'm not sure which one it, it 
Well, and some of that has been stopped because folks were getting their insurance checks and not putting it on a new roof. I mean, right, right. And there is a thing called a clue report. Um, Ron, do you know what that is? I do. Well, the clue. So going back to when you have a claim, if you have a lien holder, uh, most of us do. Uh, I know I do. So if I have a home homeowner's insurance claim, and the insurance is going to make the payment. What they're going to do is they're going to make that check payable to my lien holder and me. Right. I, that's what happened to me. It went to the person who I was buying the home from, meaning, meaning the bank. Right. The it mortgage to, holder. Yeah, the mortgage holder and my name is exactly how we received it. And so I was only able to cash that with it, it had something to do with the insurance company and i think that that's happened recently or, or you know in the right. n- near past so because people were basically insurance scams they were getting checks and you know and Walking. not getting stuff fixed right okay yeah and you know your lien holder is the one who who has more interest in that home than anybody oh yeah so they're going to make sure that you get the the correct repairs made and uh that that's you know that's a that's true. It's their house until it's yours. That's correct. So. And, you know, that's important for the insurers to make sure that they do that correctly because if they don't and it comes back and, like you said, somebody goes and cashes that check and goes to you know, the Bahamas for the week instead of getting the roof repaired, then th- that could be an issue. And a clue report will tell you that, right? I mean, yeah. that's basically the history of all insurance claims on a particular oh, home. Oh, okay. Like, uh, insurer goes in to write you as a either auto or home. They're going to pull up your clue report typically on a five-year basis and look at your claim history or um, any type of activity that you had in the past five years to underwrite your current contract. Gotcha. Yeah, they'll do that on a sale. Like if you're going to buy a house, your insurance person's going to do a clue report on the property to see what's been done in the last five years. Right, right. Going through the LexisNexis as well, just... Okay. All right. Uh, real quick, because uh, the most the most pressing question of the day was how to get a cement table out of a truck. We're going to go ahead and go to Tom. Uh, what's going on, Tom? Do you have an idea for our stuck table? Uh, well, why don't they just uh, do it, let it melt again, get down the full sun, and peel it up? Ah, let it get hot again. Duh. Let it get hot again. <laughs> peel it up out of there, and of course, if it's that fluid, it should. Uh, you know, you should kind of re re-level itself. <laughs> this is and on the um, on the toilet cleaning or, or tub cleaning yeah. thing. Years ago, they used to sell this thing. It looked like a big flashlight with a toilet brush on the end. It was battery powered. You know, sell it for thirty bucks. I went to the dollar store and got a a nice cheap but stiff toilet brush and hacksawed the little fat part off the end for the handle and stuck it in a half inch drill, cordless <laughs> drill, and a little Ajax to come. <laughs> <laughs> You tool time that, man. Well, that, I, I used to get laughed at because I, I didn't own a mixer, but every now and then I'd want to make a cake or something, and I would just, I didn't have a mixer, but I had an old beater. Just stick it in the drill. Stick it in the drill. <laughs> Love it. Man cooking. <laughs> All right. That's great. That's fantastic. Thanks a lot, Tom. We appreciate it. A little levity on the show never hurts. Uh, you know, we are, uh, we are though, Ryan, let's go ahead and take a, a, a question here. Mike is on the line in Ocean Springs. He wants to know about a tankless, am I right, Mike, a tankless water heater? Yeah. So, um, so you're in Ocean Springs. Did you, did you, uh, you're, you're thinking about putting in a water heater. You must have had a pretty decent weekend compared to some others. Yeah. No, we got, we got uh, quite lucky. Unfortunately, I don't think I can make an insurance claim on the 
the water heater. That right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's the deal, Mike? Um, so I know that ours needs to be replaced because it's, you know, I've got some rust coming out by where the element is. Um, so um, what I was wondering about is, like, you know, obviously we'd like to save some room uh, in where it's, like, also our de facto pantry. And right. I think this option would certainly help save a lot of that room. But the, the problem is we don't have gas that runs to our house. And so, so you'd be looking at an electric tankless heater? Correct. And I don't know if that has, you know, enough output really for, you know, uh, uh, running two, two showers at the same time if we've got, you know, people coming over a bath and a shower, something along those lines. It depends they, on how much money you want to spend, man, because they'll, they'll heat as much water as you've got to spend. Yeah, well, what what will happen with electric? Um, and I <clears throat> I had an electric at one time, a tankless water heater. I got it back whenever they first came out. Is that you can turn on your hot water and go out to your electric meter, and it's running because it sucks up a lot of energy. Really, I didn't yes. know that. Oh yeah, yeah. And because on on a gas, saying this gas is just so inexpensive, right? You know, you're not using as much, but those electric ones will get expensive. Wow, to, I didn't. It never occurred to me to run that. Something you could think about. Ryan, are you rocking a tankless? Oh no, sir. I'm I'm old school. There you go. Oh, me got too. The, got the time. <laughs> um, you know, Jeff talks about, and I, if he were here, he'd probably t- tell, tell you to maybe consider a propane where you could put, a, you know, bring in, depending on how big your lot is and what your, you know, what, what's going on there, right. you could put in a propane tank and run a tankless off of propane. That's not a horrible idea, Mike. Yeah, no, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I'll and look into that. Yeah, right. and because you can buy, I mean, a propane, because I've got one down at the pond, and I think every year we pay $140 to have it filled up. <laughs> Wow. I mean, yeah. Okay. That sounds like a great idea, Mike. Hope that right. works. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Well, take care, Mike. Yes, sir. Ryan, I wanted to uh, tell you thank you so very much for coming on today. It's a lot of information that, uh, we got out today that I don't think a lot of people knew. I knew. I, I know I didn't know a lot of things. Um, but is there anything – today is one of those days. It's one of those hot days where um, people are out – contractors are out looking at the damage is there any kind of final thoughts you've got before we get out of here i don't i could i could get into a lot uh one thing last i want to say is when you get your home repaired again make sure the license the contract is licensed they're insured and one quick note on recovery depreciation the insurers if you have a 30 year old roof a 30-year lifespan roof, and it's got about 15 years on it, and you've got damage, they're going to issue you payment for approximately 50%, okay? Uh, good point. And that's our, we have, you would not believe the amount of calls that we get on recovered appreciation. They get everybody's mags, they only got X amount of money. When they give you that first amount, that's just the 50% portion or whatever the depreciated amount is. Right. Once the claim is closed, they're going to issue the rest and get the roof prepared for you if y'all have any questions call mississippi insurance department 1-800-562-2957 
Thank you, Ryan. Perfect, Thanks, Ryan. man. You go on the radio. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by his generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show was produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons on the boat, our guest Ryan Blakeney. I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for a Wednesday 10 a.m. program. Actually, the, uh, the MEMA conference will be coming up in just a few moments at 10 o'clock, so be listening for that. Join us next Wednesday at 9 and this Saturday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.